Welcome back, everybody. We wanted to do something a little bit different today, being close to the holidays and the new year. Uh, so Jason and I have assembled a panel of uh, some of our closest friends. Uh, these are people that also have uh, shows on UAP and paranormal topics. Uh, we want to give everybody sort of that compass of who we think uh, is providing good, credible information. There's a lot of it out there, and it's hard to wade through what's what. And uh, Jason, I mean, 2022, it's been a hell of a year. It's been a crazy year, but so, so, so much growth uh, for the podcast and the community is as large. And we got some of the best listeners and, and fans of, of the show out there for sure. Um, we also want to mention, because this is uh, the uh, end of the year, uh, we say a big thank you to you guys because we've actually ranked in the 5% of top podcasts on Spotify. So, you know, Louie and I really appreciate that, guys. You guys are, are rocking it. Thank you for the reviews. Um, and then we also want to mention, you know, the YouTube channel, it's it's out there, please, you know, watch the YouTube channels as much as possible and make that grow as well. We would really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, man, 2022 has been a crazy year, like major growth, major, major growth. growth. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just our show. A lot of other shows are seeing that success. Uh, you mentioned we genuinely believe we have the best fans out there. You guys are polite, you're intelligent, you give us criticism when needed, and you give us praise, and uh, you are the reason why we do the show. So we're going to introduce you to our little circle today, and uh, we're going to chat about UAPs and UFOs and everything paranormal, and that's our favorite thing to do on a Sunday. So we'll be right back with our uh, year-end panel. Welcome back to another episode of UAP Studies Podcast. I am Louis Borges. Joining me as always, my good friend and illustrious co-host, Jason Gilmet. How How's it going, Louis? How's it going, Louis? It's, um, it's going well. It's an yeah. exciting day. Uh, it is the holiday season is upon us. We wanted to assemble uh, our closest friends in the UFO, UAP, paranormal field. And uh, what better way to cap off 2022? It's been a hell of a year. We want to talk about what was making news and uh, what we learned and uh, get to know everybody a little bit better as well. So with that, I'll introduce our, uh, our amazing panel here. Uh, starting at my bottom left here, we have Dave Scott from uh, Spaced Out Radio. Uh, beside him, we have Jess Rogie from The Jess Rogie Show, and uh, a new and up-and-coming podcaster, Marquise Williams from Dimensions of Reality. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So we'll go around Thanks. the horn. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your show, uh, why you do this, what you love about it, and uh, where people can find you. So we'll start with Mr. Dave Scott. Well, uh, we just celebrated our eighth year anniversary last month in doing Spaced Out Radio, and it's been a lot of fun over the years as an experiencer myself. It's been uh, it's been quite a, a roller coaster ride in learning everything about UFOs and the experiences other people are having, plus all the news of the day. You know, we broadcast seven days a week. I'm on air Monday through Friday, and then I got a weekend crew. Can all be found at spacedoutradio.com or our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio. And we're all over the place, and we're we're all about bringing nighttime radio back to where it used to be. Uh, you know, when Art Bell was still broadcasting spookiness at night, and that's really our focus and our mantra of everything that we do on Spaced Out Radio. And, you know, we, we're on seven terrestrial radio stations across North America, and it's a little bit different than what people will normally hear in a regular podcast, such as a great one like this one. But you know what? We have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I am somebody who's a rarity. I'm, I'm one of the only journalists slash experiencers who's come out publicly about everything over the last eight years. And uh, we just kind of roll with it and see where the news takes us. Yeah, I love it. It has a very uh, sports radio feel, cool music, nice intro, horns up. You got your following. It's uh, it's a very cool show. We're a fan. We've been guests yeah. on your show and uh, you've been uh, you know gracious enough to invite us and uh, we wanted to return the favor. So great to have you here today, Dave. Jess Rogie, our buddy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Jess Rogie. I'm the host of the Jess Rogie Show. I've had Louie and Jason on several times. I've actually known Jason for several years. Um, 
I'm so excited to be here today. But uh, I, if you guys don't know me, I've been doing this for five years. Uh, most recently, I've come on five nights a week on the Fringe FM. Uh, I attended broad. I attended Chapman University, where I studied broadcast journalism and film production, and I've taken those and kind of melded that into my show. But my top, what I like to cover is fringe topics, basically anything that's not mainstream. I grew up very alternative, so that's what I like to cover. Um, when I started out, it was very heavy UAP focused, but uh, I've expanded more recently into uh, more of the unknown and the hidden. Yeah, and I a guess great you can show find well. me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And you can find me five nights a week on fringe.fm at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Thank you. Awesome. And we look forward to being on your show again this year for uh, some more cool episodes. And uh, that awesome. brings us to uh, a fan of ours who had a lot of talent and reached out. And we thought, you know what, we want to have you on our show because you think right. And uh, we like your perspective on things as somebody who maybe doesn't have five, 10 years worth of that clutter. Uh, you're a new bright soul. And Marquise uh, Williams from Dimensions of Reality, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everybody. It is a great pleasure to be back on the podcast again. So um, my name is Marquise. Uh, my my brand is Dimensions of Reality. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Mostly I post a lot of content on Facebook that I really put a lot of energy and, and um, time into, but also my podcast, which is Dimensions of Reality on Spotify, um, Apple Music, and Anchor as well, um, anchor.fm. So you can find me at any of those three channels um, for my content. I focus mostly on the dramatization. Um, so I like to present things. I'm a voice actor by trade. So I put a lot of things together to kind of bring a dramatized version of a lot of the content, a lot of the information from the UAP field. Um, but yes, I also have expanded recently um, what I, the scope of my content because I want uh, because I realize that there's a lot more to the phenomena than just flying discs in the sky. I mean, we're talking about beings that are, they may not be from this dimension. They may not be from our time frame. Uh, they may be from the future. So I think it's 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 about time for us to really expand our view about this phenomenon, other than just the military, you know, up perspective or the 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 crafts in the sky. So um, yeah, awesome, great to have you. So let's talk about some memorable guests. Uh, you know, from 2022, it's hard to think back all the way to January. I know Jason. If we think from January till now, the people we spoke to, we wouldn't have thought that that was going to happen, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, what are you? What are your thoughts on uh, on the kind of year we've had? Uh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's. I've been blown away that most people have have replied to us at least. Uh, you know, some people haven't, and that's just the nature of the game, right? Like, I, some people don't know about. Um, you know, or they're just not comfortable being on podcasts. But I, I personally, this year we've, uh, you know, Jim Semivan was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, hearing a bit about his experience, although he didn't uh, lead too much into it. Um, the other one was Michael Paul Masters as well. Like I really enjoyed his, like he's he's brilliant and he's funny. He's got a sense of humor as well, right? But his theory on uh, the extraterrestrial model, meaning it could be us from the future coming back to basically look on what's going on um I, I enjoyed that and of course the 100th episode jacques valet was yeah. an amazing uh for the 100th episode uh i got really emotional at the end uh it just hit me right in the hard button because well, we I did mean, a toast yeah. right we wanted to raise a glass of champagne to our uh, our guests and our viewers and uh so we were basically toasting that we made a hundred and jacques valet grabbed his cup and he joined right in the toast with us and uh that's a special thing. I mean, we had his respect. And after the show was done, we chatted another 25 minutes. Yeah, we should have kept her rolling. But for someone to be that gracious with their time, and even other people like Leslie Kane, Ross Coltard, James Fox. Um, yeah, I think nine out of the last 10 people I personally have reached out to have all said yes. And a lot of them are still booked coming up in January and February. So uh, it went from one out of 10 to nine out of 10. That's pretty good. And some people just won't do shows or if you get to a certain enough size, I'm sure you guys have all and girls have experienced this. Some people you're like now at their level and they don't necessarily want to go on your show because they see it was competition, whatever the reason for it. But uh, in terms of memorable guests, Dave, you've had a lot. You do this five nights a week. Who pops out as being somebody worth remembering? I always like interviewing uh, the smaller people. I really do because, you know, the people who may not have the biggest voice, you know, that are out there, but their experiences and their knowledge about what's happened to them, it provides for a real, you know, spooky story that you really, really 
want to hit home and impact your audience. But that being said, you know, looking back this year, we've, you know, Michael Paul masters, you mentioned him. I mean, you know, there's a guy who's filled with knowledge and humor right off the bat. You know, we had some very memorable shows with science, Bob, Dr. Bob McGuire, uh, this year where, you know, we interviewed everybody from Simeon Hine to uh, a number of other scientific doctors out there looking at the phenomena as, as it goes, Luis Elizondo, of course, appeared twice this year on the show. And, you know, the one thing I always say about Luis, uh, is, is this, a lot of people will say he never says anything in an interview, but I find that he gives a lot. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's us interviewing him or someone else interviewing him, the Easter eggs that he lays as a foundation You know, the one thing I learned in journalism school a long time ago is learn to read between the lines of what somebody is saying. And we don't do that in this field. And with somebody like Elizondo, I literally pick up a ton of news and direction. Uh, We interviewed, we were the first one, probably my biggest interview this year was back on July 2nd, where we interviewed member of parliament, Larry McGuire up in Canada, who was really trying to push to get this story going. We were his first long form interview regarding the unidentified aerial phenomena in Canadian airspace. And, you know, the way he has gone at this subject and still goes at this subject behind the scenes in the Canadian parliament is phenomenal. And to this day, I think that with what's going on now and what's happening up up north here, I really do believe that Canada is going to take a real uh, step towards the forefront the way we were in the 50s and 60s with Project Grudge in, uh, or not Project Grudge, I forget the project, pardon me, but I think we're going to take a big step in towards moving uh, the UFO uh, football down the field. I think it was Project Sign in the 50s and 60s. Sign, or yeah, I believe yeah, you were. there was a few. Yeah. Awesome. And Jess, uh, you specialize in those intimate, personal stories of people that have had crazy things happen. And I'm blown away by how light your show is, but how deep some of the stuff these people tell you and that trust. It's actually really, yeah. It's so dark, though. It gets so dark sometimes, really. And I think that's part of the the trick is to kind of keep it light, right? Yeah. But I, I think this year, what I did a lot of was uh, talk to a lot of experiencers, a lot of listeners, because I know a lot of the listeners are attracted to these shows because they have experiences. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people. So I, you know, I, I like Dave, I just kind of like these smaller people sometimes, because you interview the big people, they kind of have these canned responses sometimes are going to say the same thing. And you kind of get bored. And I want to hear something new. I want to hear something fresh. I want to give my audience something they haven't heard. And it's hard. It's difficult. And that's what I love. You know, I think because I looked at nuts and bolts for so effing long, right? For a long time. And I said, where else is there to look? Let's talk to the people. Let's get that. Let's hear what they're experiencing because that's what's getting ignored in these government reports. You know, it's disclosure. I feel like, you know, does it come from the government or does it really come from the people? And that's something I've kind of been playing with this year. Yeah. Well said. Well said. And as an experiencer, our friend, uh, Marquise Williams, dimensions of reality. Um, you got your mic on mute or your mute on mic. There we go. (laughs) You're good to go. So yeah, I mean, this year was probably more of a uh, a heavy research year for you too, deciding that, hey, I'm really into this field and I want to jump in and I want to start producing content amongst the thousands of other people that do it. What made you want to swim upstream like that? And uh, what's driven you to want to do this? Well, before I forget, I I want to kind of dovetail off what Dave and Jess said, because both of them said something that I, that as a new person that's been looking into this, that it's like pivotal. Um, Dave, you mentioned that if you, you know, the quote about reading in between the lines, something that I have learned, and especially with Louis Elizondo, is that I heard a quote once that said that if you want to learn, if you want to be entertained by something, you want to watch something and be entertained, watch it, listen to the, watch the videos, listen to the interviews, so on and so forth. But if you want to learn something, read in between the lines, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat in between what some some people don't say or what they suggest but they're like, I'll let you decide what to, to think about that. And they're pretty, they're pretty suggestive. It's almost blatant sometimes what Louis Elizondo has said about crash retrievals, for example, 
or about there being their existing non-human intelligences. It's almost blatant. It's just he doesn't he doesn't you know definitively say this is the truth. Um, and and Jess, you know, you mentioned about how these these things can get really dark. <laughs> um, I have realized that as well, and I've actually encountered when I when I engage with my listeners, um, especially out in the wild, they tend to get afraid of some of the stuff that's that's available, the information that that is really talking about what this phenomenon might be. Um, they're more terrified and afraid than they are interested after they ask me what's going on. So you got to really, I'm, I've been trying to develop a way to to engage people, but in a way that doesn't scare them. <laughs> so, so, but it also is telling about what the government is doing and why they're so reluctant to talk about what's really going on. Because as Leslie Kane said, and I wanted to kind of throw this in here real quick, you know, she had it, she did an interview the other day on that UFO podcast and her comment that I really, it really stuck with me was that for me, she says, quote, for me personally, I think getting an expanded perception of what the UFO is all about. Like, for instance, skinwalkers at the Pentagon, those bizarre experiences, the hitchhiker effect thing, where the paranormal aspect goes with you or with a person to another location, and the orbs that are coming into people's bodies and causing medical injuries. I think I'm more aware of, the, of this being something that's fearful. I'm more aware that it, this is a power. This non-human intelligence is something that has complete control over us humans, and I understand why they've wanted to keep that a secret. Really, mm-hmm. I, I've I've learned in the last eight months <laughs> there is a reason why the government doesn't just say, "Okay, here it is." And as much as people think they want to know, they don't. I don't believe they want to know anymore. Um, so I think it's important for us, all of us. I mean, you guys all do an excellent job. I've watched all of your content. Not every single piece, but I mean, each one of you have watched your content as well for my 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 development. And you do a great job at packaging the phenomena for the for the average person. And I'm I'm learning how to do that very same thing. So I think that the most um, notable thing this year is that the government is actually coming out in an official capacity and telling the American people and the world there is something to this phenomena. I think that when you have CIA direct CIA um, ex intelligence officers saying that the slide nine has validity, where they talk about this phenomenon being able to penetrate solid services and invade human minds and control our reality of perception of reality itself. That is what that's it. I mean, what do you need? We don't need them to tell us anything. You know, they can they can keep playing this game where we can't release national security, you know, you know, secrets, but they're telling us. Yeah, this is bizarre. Go ahead, Dave. So, yeah, I, I also want to be remiss in giving you guys a giant compliment, Jason and Louie, on, on the great job you guys have done this year. And, you know, we don't hear it enough from host to host because there is always such competition between all of us and there's ego involved and everything. But Jason, Louie, you guys, I've been watching you guys all year long. You guys have done just a a great job. And one of the thrills and highlights for me in 2022 was building this friendship first with Jason and now you, Louie, in regards to to, uh, you know, what we talk about, uh, about UFOs and, and life in general, you know, because our lives are actually quite similar away from the microphone. And, and I just want to say to, to your listeners out there that you guys got a couple of, you guys are a couple of gems uh, in this field. You work hard to present the information that is out there. You guys get a phenomenal list of guests uh, that not every show gets, but you guys have been fortunate enough to do that. And you guys deserve a real pat on the back for the job that you have done for this information that you have provided this year. And congrats to you guys on the, on your hard work paying off. And I just wanted to, to share that because it's well-deserved guys. Oh, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Dave. We really yeah. appreciate that. And it's heartfelt, I can tell. And I, we do appreciate it. And, and to what Marquise was saying, you know, some of his listeners, they're kind of scared. They don't know. There's a tsunami of information out there. Most of it is garbage, but some of it is good. And we're all swimming in that same channel of competition. So I think more than now than ever, our, our viewers, they want a, a kind of a compass. They want to have people they can trust that they know aren't going to lead them astray, get their hopes up, or just, you know, have the same canned story all the time or beat a dead horse to death. It, to be progressive and to get in front of the people looking for that information is the goal. 
And I think we all do a fantastic job. It's a lot of work. I mean, Dave and Jess, you guys do a show five yeah. nights a week. That's a lot. I can't and, even you know, imagine and, that. Yeah. And you're still available. And you're, I'm sure, like we get people comment and, you know, message us and all the rest. It's a lot. And if you don't love this and if you don't have that fire in you that makes you want to do it, you go the way of most other shows, right? 10 episodes, 20 episodes. Ah, screw it. It's too much work. Trolls and all the rest, cancel culture. It's a lot to, to keep an eye out for. And we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for love and for um, the fact that we think we're actually making a difference. You know, like we mentioned earlier, we went from uh, having no guests, uh, you know, one out of 10 would say yes. And now they pretty well all do. So, you know, and credit to Jason too. He started this podcast two years ago. I just joined on at the beginning of the year. Uh, but the growth has really, uh, it, it's a positive note. I think it's good. Everybody's show is seeing an uptick. People are getting more into this. The taboo is yeah. being removed. And uh, there was a lot of topics that came out in 2022, big name things. We'll go around the, the panel here. Um, is there anything that stands out as some of the bigger topics that came out this year? Uh, we'll start with Jess on this one. Big revealing <laughs> info of 2022. What got Thank everybody talking about? I don't know. I think the lack of any UAP reports, I think that's probably the biggest news. Yeah. I mean, you've been watching people just say, well, where is it? Where is it? And it's a lot of hype for a lot of actually nothing. So I think that might be one of the big things. I mean, if you go from like the governmental kind of disclosure angle. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Dave? What do you think was big news breaking this year? Well, I think it's a couple of things and it kind of goes on what Jess just said. And, and there was a lot of nothing. There was a lot of nothing that was out there. It, it's like waking up at Christmas morning, waiting for Santa Claus to bring you that toy train and you end up with socks and underwear from Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, I think that was uh, one of the biggest things that was disappointing, but you know, for me over the last six months, I think one of the biggest telling tales that we have uh, officially had the wool pulled over our eyes with this subject is in regards to NASA. And we have been one of the only shows out there that has been absolutely trying to crucify NASA for embarrassing humanity regarding this subject. When Bill Nelson stood at a podium for no reason back in July and said, out of the blue that he, he had talked to us Navy pilots. He had seen the videos and he couldn't believe that these UAPs were all around. And I'm screaming at my television set and, and at my computer yelling, open your closet. You are the executive director of NASA. Open your closet. We know that your rockets have been followed for 60 years since Gemini. And not a single person, not a single journalist has asked that question. What's in your closet, Bill? And to this day, with the way it's exploded onto the scene with NASA getting involved and UFO Twitter activists cheering on, rah, go NASA, go, welcome to the fight. And I'm sitting here thinking, we have audio proof of astronauts recorded stating what they are looking at in real time. And nobody is questioning that. Nobody is asking him that. And to me, that is part of the biggest thing I learned in 2022 is that there is a major cover-up going on regarding UFOs. This isn't about disclosure. This is about confirmation of the phenomena, wherever the phenomena goes. And in reality, I don't think it's good for our field, and I don't believe it's good for humanity. And it's got me very angry as an experiencer and as a journalist who does not have access, and Jess, you'll understand what I'm saying. Like when you're a journalist, you get access to everything. Like, like when I worked in sports radio, man, I could walk right into the Vancouver Canucks dressing room after a game or after a practice and interview the players and say, what's going on? I would talk to other journalists and, and, and talk about, okay, who, who's potentially getting traded where? You know, it didn't matter whether it was football, hockey, soccer, baseball whatever it may be, you were on the phone, you were working your contacts. But when it comes to this, because we've chosen the fringe side to cover this story, we don't have access 
to NASA's PR team. We don't have access to the Pentagon's official press conferences where we can hook up into the phone line and go there. Because if we did, I know that I would be all over that NASA phone line and I'd be saying, Bill, what's in your closet, damn it? What's in your closet? Spill it. You're lying. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And Marquise, you would have had to wade through a monumental amount of information to really find your own inner compass as to what is what, what's real, what's not. What kind of stood out for you this past year? Oh, my gosh. You you know, I, I'm going to, you know, do this, condense it here because there's too much to, to even really put out there. But I think for me personally, the most notable thing this year was the was Ross Coulthard's documentary, the Need to Know documentary about UFO, the UFO phenomena, and bringing on Gary Nolan, his comments about what the what he thinks of phenomena, he compared it to what what it could be. Not that it is, you know, this angels, demons, and God thing, but the comparison of these beings being that of what our culture, human civilization, calls angels, demons, and God, and his work with the with the U.S. government or the military on the medical effects of the phenomena on human biology. I think to for me that was that was really really important and as well as you know seeing the the UFO report being delayed and then hearing about what what some of the experts have to say like Ross Coulthard and all those um but then you know hearing them say that they couldn't release even a piece of a of a photo like a, just like, like a cropped take a picture of a picture so there's no metadata right they wouldn't even do that because they said it would jeopardize national security and then today literally this morning and i'm doing a little bit of research just as normal and i come across something that i wanted to share and it was the it was the ceo of northrop gun gunman uh grumman um with cnbc cn cm um cnbc on youtube and it was a clip of them unveiling the new b-21 uh aircraft now come on now listen you guys you guys are gonna i, I feel like just like screaming and cursing at the screen when i saw this and i and, and my fiance was like she was trying to run away from me because I was like, no, you got to hear this. It's insane. This is what she said. We can't release anything about UAPs is what the government said, right? Here's what here's what this person says. Um, her name is, uh, let's see here. What was her name? Oh, Kathy Warden. She's a CEO of Northrop Grumman or Grumman. The B-21 bomber is a long range strike aircraft. Um, what that means is that it has the range to go anywhere in the world. <laughs> and keep a target at risk. It is also a platform, though, that is low observable. That means it can enter enemy airspace and not be detected. Those are some of the attributes of a B-21 that make it special. Hmm. Now, that is not the only thing she revealed. We got to see what it looks like. We got to, we got to learn about the cockpit. That is a very beautiful moment, Dave. Um, that, that was beautiful. Very beautiful yeah. um, we got to learn about what the what's what's in the cockpit and how the technology connects with our allies' technologies. We got to learn all this stuff about this this brand new B twenty one bomber, but they can't show us a picture, just a and remove the metadata. Show us a picture of one of the craft. They have redacted documents where they say we we track this object going ridiculously fast without breaking the sound barrier, making all these writing turns, completely stopping abruptly. All these observe all these different you know five observables, but we can't tell you what the shape of the object is. I am not going to curse. I told my children I would stop cursing. <laughs> but if I can swear curse jars this, overflowing, eh? Oh, that is the most frustrating part about this entire year for me was the the ridiculous if anybody who believes that is willfully ignorant they want to be ignorant period they want to be they don't want to know they just want to stay in their little freaking bubble where they don't have to explore what this reality really is yeah, yeah. and a big debatable this year was the threat narrative and uh, go ahead dave before yeah. we get off i just wanted to add to what marquise was just saying okay because I happened to meet this year, somebody at my Vegas, uh, yeah. our Vegas fan party that we did for Space Out Radio, uh, who I had no idea was showing up. And this person spent 12 years as an employee at Area 51. Yeah. And I confirmed him through a, a, a friend of mine in Vegas actually brought him to the party. And then I ended up going to speak at the MUFON conference in Denver. And then this gentleman says to me, Hey, I'd like to talk with you off the record. Uh, any chance you're coming to Vegas soon? So instead of flying back home after Denver, I went over to Las Vegas for a couple of days to, to speak with this gentleman. And 
here's something to add to what you were saying, Marquise, in regards to the B21. How's this for freaky guys? Once a month, you could be walking down the streets of Los Angeles or more so the streets of uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. And above you, and you don't even know, is an aircraft doing a simulated bombing run on the strip. And they are waiting for the aircraft at Nellis Air Force Range to be scrambled to try and intercept this craft. And Nellis Air Force Range, like if you draw a line on the strip, it almost intersects with Las Vegas Boulevard right at the end. And guys, these aircraft haven't been intercepted yet. Yeah. Yet. So while the Russians and the Chinese are playing with stealth technology, and we're all worried about that, the American government is way beyond stealth, guys. Yeah. And they are doing these simulated bombing runs once a month on Las Vegas Boulevard and right downtown Los Angeles to see if they could get picked up by uh, the American radar systems. And so far, they're defeating it. You know, I've often wondered that the technology that we're using, if we are reverse engineering this technology, you know, we keep saying, are these things a threat to us? I don't think they're a threat to us, but I think their technology in the wrong hands, aka ours, uh, is is potentially harmful because we always use new technology for one purpose, and that's for killing. It's the oldest a pastime in human history is killing people. And we always think of new weapons, new ways of doing it. We see technology that we don't understand. We reverse engineer it. And the first thing we think of is it's got to be for defense purposes. We got to use this for stealth. We got to use this for speed. We got to use this to outmaneuver the opponent. That's why the threat narratives keep coming in because militarily wise, that's how we think as a species. Obviously, if you have the upper hand in technology or advancement in science, you win, right? Throughout our history, that's always how it's been. And I, I honestly think at this point, it's not a question of whether these things are a threat to us. It's if the technology is a threat to us in our hands. And the term threat means many things to many different people. So A, threat could be, are they going to come and take over the planet? B, is it a military threat, i.e. an adversary? C, is it a threat that our pilots don't know how to engage correctly and they might make a mistake? Um, or is it a threat to the disclosure where we can't tell you how we got this info because it will reveal how sensitive our instruments really are or these, you know, uh, hidden bombing runs and they can't intercept these things. Maybe they already have things that either are reverse engineered um, or they just have technologies they don't want other people knowing about. So the threat question, and we've asked the last, dozen guests, Jason, what are your thoughts on the threat narrative? And they all approach it from a different angle. Well, what kind of threat and threat to who? So I want to ask our panel here today, we'll start with Jess. What are your thoughts on the threat narrative? Uh, this is my thoughts on the threat narrative. And at least if you talk about it like militarily, right, the military wants it to be a threat because then we can get more money into the budget. And that's what a lot of this is about, at least for the military. Yeah. So that's all I got to say about that. We have the military industrial complex, ladies and gentlemen. The United States doesn't know how to make money without war. Yeah, they're the biggest war machine on the planet. They make the tanks and planes and guns and war is Everything. business, right? Yeah. What do you I think, mean, Marquise? Bomber. What do you think on the threat narrative? I know you kind of touched on it, but yeah. if you want to elaborate well, a little on the threat. I, I have to preface with me, I am still new and learning. So I, a lot of you guys have had years of experience, decades, even some, right? Um, however, I have been interested for, for as long as I can remember. Um, I have listened to what some of the scientists and, and the, the reporters have been talking about on both sides of this idea of the threat narrative. I mean, Luis Elizondo said that you, if you're behind the, the, the you know, the propulsion of, a, of a, any aircraft, you're, it's a threat because it could kill you if you're behind the, you know, the propulsion system of an aircraft. If you're behind the jet engines of a plane and you're standing close enough, you, it's a threat to you. You can, you can be killed by that. So essentially the, the phenomena can be seen as, as it's the effects of the craft itself. They are a threat to us. Um, that is a reality. However, that doesn't, that's not necessarily the narrative. That shouldn't be the whole narrative. But I am of the persuasion that this phenomena has been around for thousands of years. Um, that is interacted with humanity in many different ways 
so much so that that all religions have talked about gods from the skies coming down here and giving us knowledge, but also controlling the civilization and the direction of the civilization, and sometimes the extinction of some of these civilizations for whatever reason. Some of these gods were just just ruthless, and they were they were you know they were very violent and aggressive towards humanity and treated us like we were just cattle or to be used um, for sacrifices and 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 have an entire civilization built around that idea of sacri human sacrifice. That was given. That was that was our and that has been human civilization's interaction with this phenomena for thousands of years, for millennia. I do not think for one moment that we should not at least be concerned about the possibility that this phenomena. It doesn't have positive intentions for humanity. Not that it's all bad and they're going to come and invade us. They haven't done that. I mean, they've they've only destroyed you know certain civilizations throughout history. We're still here, and we're still growing as a new civilization, current or modern civilization. But I think that if they wanted to, if they wanted to, they could end it all just like that. And we could stick and sort us all back over with, with cavemen. Um, for the military to believe for one moment that with the nature of our civilization, we could fight a civilization that built this technology that we can't even that, – that's working with interdimensional technology and, you know, in, in mind uh, – what they say that it connects with your consciousness. The technology is consciousness. We're driven. That's what the scientists are saying. How can we possibly – compete with a civilization let's make one or two craft like them what are we going to do how many people are going to pilot them they have an entire civilization of people that can do this that can operate this technology with that is so far advanced they're doing things that are akin to magic and godlike we're just human so if the military does think this threat this they they can they're they're keeping it a secret because they want to stop the russians or the we need to really Consider how stupid that is. Yeah. We need to be working with the, the Chinese and the Russians to, to potentially prepare humanity for whatever this phenomenon really is, find out what it is, what its intentions are, because we don't know. And, and if it's here to take us over, we need to be pre pre prepared for that. If it's not, we still need to prepare, pre be prepared for their presence because they're here. I like a post you made the other day. It said, you are not American. You are an earthling yeah. from planet Earth. So right. remove the lines. And I'll throw it to Brother Dave here. Your thoughts on the threat narrative. You got some insider info sometimes too. So what do you think about this whole threat narrative, quote unquote? I, I think there is zero threat narrative on this planet. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't species of these ultra-terrestrials, extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, whatever you want to call them. I'm not saying there isn't a threat. That's like saying there's not a bad person on this planet, yet in the United States alone, there are over 2 million uh, people incarcerated for very heinous crimes against humanity, okay? And how many are still on the streets that haven't been caught yet? I, I know that there are bad aliens out there. I know that there are good aliens out there, you know, from my own personal experiences, you know, but that being said, I also understand the paranoia of the, if we could use that term regarding the military where guys, if, if you or me are standing on a training ground with binoculars watching say, and uh, the U S army uh, go through some of its drills, we're considered a threat. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Even though we pose no threat, we're just there out of curiosity. Like, Whoa, look at this. Like if I saw tanks rolling down my street right now, I'd be like, Whoa, this is awesome. You know, let, let's see what this is all about. But on a military standpoint, we are considered a threat. Okay. Just like uh, what we are seeing with, you know, going back to the 2004 Nimitz incident with these Tic Tacs. Okay, that were pretty much playing with the FA 18 Super Hornets. But that being said, information that has come across my desk recently, you know, being from Canada, is that the Canadian Department of National Defense has told members of parliament there is no threat narrative. I repeat, no threat narrative regarding unidentified aerial phenomena in Canadian airspace. This is why Canada has wanted to go with more of a scientific look at what the phenomena is all about, where these craft are coming from, instead of going through a threat narrative where it's all about defense and we got to figure out how to shoot these damn things down. And I think that is why talks about UFOs, actually, I know 100%, that is why talks between UFO, about UFOs between Canada and the United States have stalled. 
There is no other reason that has been put on social media. It's because Canada would not play the threat narrative regarding this subject. Now, I know we're not the only country in the world regarding that. The UK recently refused to have talks about it because of the threat narrative. Australia has refused to have talks about it because of the threat narrative. Okay, nobody wants to play the military industrial complex game outside of the United States right now because we have other things to worry about. There's people who are hungry. Inflation is out of control. Okay, almost pushing us towards another depression. And there is a lot going on that we have to be able to combat rather than worrying about spending millions upon millions of dollars and looking into UFOs, even though the topic is there. So I don't believe there's a threat narrative. I'm going to go with the information of people who are not panicking over the subject, rather, as like Jess said, people who are panicking for dollars. Okay. And I think that's a great line that we need to use when, regarding UFOs, panicking for dollars. so let's chat about i mean there's so much to cover that happened in a full year it's hard to condense it to an hour-long show but if you were to think of the best or most exciting of the year or the worst or most deflating of the year we'll start with jess on this question here what is your sort of best and worst of 2022 like my own or like uh like within the field within the field that Um, uh you know I don't know. I feel put on the spot here. I don't have an answer ready for you here. <laughs> okay, I'll come back to you then. Well, I'll throw come it to my, to my partner, Let me think Jason a minute. Here. Let me think. Let me think for a moment. Yeah, no problem. We'll come back to you. What do you think, Jay? Best and worst of 2022? Well, the worst was the uh, New York Post, I think, uh, recent article by, I forgot his name because I'm bad with names, but uh, basically trying to poo-poo the UAP you know, issue away and saying it's not a big deal. You know, the Navy's not talking about it anymore. And I mentioned this before, the Navy's done its part, you know, like you mentioned before, uh, we were talking before the episode, you said, you know, they they did their part, they gave us the Tic Tac, and now they're silent, they're not giving us anything. Um, But yeah, I would say that that article was one of the worst ones, because it doesn't give any credibility to the subject, and or or making it, it it almost seems like we made progress with the, you know, the, the news and reporters and now it's like some reporters are fighting back going no no this is silly if you believe in this you're you're crazy but everybody that we talk to you know or or even personal lives like somebody knows somebody who's had an experience if you're not an experiencer if you're not if you didn't witness something uh you know somebody who has either in your family your friend circle or whatever in you know us being in the field we have people coming to us all the time dave is the same thing marquise jess uh you know that they feel like they can trust us because you know we're not going to laugh at what they witnessed um but in the news now basically they're trying to say if you see this that you're basically you're crazy while you have cnn who's taking it seriously so I like that, but I think that we still we're still fighting with the the news at this point, either taking it seriously or making a mockery of it. And what do you think was the best of the year? What is the most exciting or positive thing to come out of twenty twenty two? I don't know. I think we see some progress. Even um, the interview that they did with um, uh, oh, we just had him on James Fox. Yeah. Um, they, they did an interview with him, and they actually took it seriously. They, you know, they didn't yeah. do any dramatization of you know the x-files music or anything like that and i think that's good that's progress uh, you know saying hey we invite you on to have a serious topic about this we're now taking it seriously i like that um i think the worst obviously uh, uh, dave uh, mentioned it before is nasa <laughs> saying that we're now jumping in on the bandwagon it's like yeah. fuck you like you know you've had your chance you know like doing this for 70 years and keeping yeah the you need right? you need to tell us that we haven't uh you guys don't know anything about this this is all new to you first you know it's come on get out of here yeah uh but yeah i would say that's probably the worst is, is nasa saying they're throwing in their hat and and helping in like you know it's we needed you like, you know, since the 19, you know, 50s to, to go back and investigate what's been taking place. And if, you know, like Scott, you know, uh, Dave said, um, it, basically they got recordings of, of astronauts seeing things, you know, even the recordings of the first people on the moon when they switched over to that medical channel. Like, yeah, they're, they're watching us. They're on the rim. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, it's uh, NASA was probably the worst of this year for sure. We'll go to Marquise for this too. 
what are uh, what are the topics that got your excitement level up and what were the things that made you just shake your head and say come on are we going forward or backwards well for me again i i try to i try i I have to trust what some of the people that are really involved in the, with the phenomena from a, from an official point of view um, and who've been researching it have said. And there is somebody that I never even heard of, John Ramirez, and his interviews have been, for me, since I, you know the most important thing for me, because we're talking about an ex-CIA officer who's saying that we've had direct contact with beings that are non-human intelligence um, that may share the same DNA as us. And that he was briefed on this when he was in the CIA or that, you know, or his his experiences um, personally with the phenomena where he said that he was, you know, in a recent interview um, podcast UFO, he said that he had experiences when he was younger, when he was a child, where he was experimented on with it by, by human like people. But it was odd because he knew there was something different about it. He was led to a house and this house with by a lady without his parents. They took him to a room. They did medical experiments on him. It was it wasn't a negative experience. It was just a it's just experiments that were medical procedures, um, that were just kind of mundane, and then taken back home. Um, and also direct contact with these beings. That is like talk about paranormal. I mean, you you um, having an imaginary friend might not be what you think it is. It may be one of these beings that are just they're just changing your perception of reality or bringing you into another dimension or maybe bringing there who knows that to me was validating far beyond the ufo phenomena far beyond because it's from an official person an ex-cia officer who was who said that we've been tracking russia and we at the u.s have been tracking these these objects in space for like 50 years and yet they're saying oh at nasa's we're gonna we're gonna and like you said about nasa we're gonna look at the civilian data i'm i'm just I'm not going to curse. Mm. But it's a safe the- place. It's a safe place. <laughs> what is that? I mean, I mean, you're NASA. You have equipment that monitors space, and you're going to look at our cell phone camera data. You- so yes, who's the I Navy apologize. talking more than NASA? Whose job is it to well, take care of space? Just that, saying. Which will I will transition to the negative, and that is the fact that the the wall the, the New York Times they were being fed information by someone from the Air Force. And I, I didn't know. Now I feel like personally that the Air Force is directly involved with the cover up directly. There is something that they know they do not want people to know, period. They don't want us to know. And I don't think it's just, oh, they, they did some really shady, you know, ish 160 years ago. I think that may be part of it. But I think that there is an aspect of the phenomenon that human beings can directly contact this phenomenon without any devices through consciousness. And the and that could lead to mass suicides. People could be like, well, if we could, if we just Leslie Kane talked about, you know, this afterlife. Um, she's writing about at the afterlife and the possibility of the conscious surviving. What if people just start killing? What if they tell us that, hey, you, we can contact these beings from another dimension? By the way, when you die, you can go to another dimension. You actually, your consciousness lives on. People will just start killing themselves because this life sucks, man. So I, <laughs> all I, I mean, I, <laughs> well, you mean, like, you've, you've been told the story of heaven for a long time. You don't see a lot of people killing themselves. Let's go to heaven. Jesse, I could, I'm gonna, let me just hug the camera. That's what I've been, that's what I just, I just wrote about this. The Bible has mentioned that if you don't do the right thing, you're going to hell. You better, you better straight. Like people have been told there's a bad place they can burn for all eternity. And it would talk about the afterlife sucking. Why, why aren't they doing, they're not killing themselves now. They create new religions and all this other stuff, the weird stuff, but they're not killing themselves. You're right. That is a hundred percent correct. That's what I don't under, again, I, I feel like the, whatever the air force knows, whatever these, this, this shadow government or whatever you want to call it knows I think it would empower the people. I think it would empower the people, which they would lose control over us. It has nothing to do with whether or not this is a threat or not. It has nothing to do with that. It's about whether or not people are a threat to them, yeah. will be a threat to them. Yeah, well said. All right, Jess, are you? do you have a, a best and worst for 22? I, I, I kind of want to just go back and kind of talk about what Marquis is I mean, do you think that humanity can actually accept the fact that there's something else going on? We have to take the lowest common denominator, the normal person on the street. You're talking about, you know, this community and people that we're talking to and people who are experiencers, but I'm talking about like the normal folk out there that this is not a part of their paradigm. So what happens when this comes out to them? We can't even get along with other countries, other races, other religions. You think that we can get along with some other race of beings? out there that that's what i always ask people tell me tell me we don't shoot people and kill people because they look different act different 
So you think that, I mean, not, not you, I'm just like it, the Royal, like people in general, do you believe that humanity can actually accept this at the lowest common denominator? That's for everybody. Anybody who wants to answer that, I want to know. I don't think we can. I think uh, I heard somebody, I think it was James Fox told us that Bigelow has been behind this the whole time. They've run studies. Could people actually handle it? We think so. We could. We're open-minded and we're comf you know, comfortable enough with ourselves. And we want it so bad that we've kind of made ourselves ready. The average person, I don't think would handle it. I think it would, mm. if you're fundamentalist, you've been told this is it and that's all. Nothing outside these borders, nothing outside this text. So anything outside those borders would ruffle feathers. And I tend to believe as much as it's disappointing, I don't think the average person could still have a healthy balance between God and science and ETs. I think it would screw up a lot. What do you think, Dave? Sorry, sorry if I, I would like to add to that, if you don't mind, is the last time I interviewed Lou Elizondo on my show, I actually asked him, you know, was the government or the UAP people uh, watching the last couple of years of the way humanity treated each other through COVID? Because right. we did a terrible job. Okay, ripping milk from single mothers' hands to yes. to buying two thousand rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> to, you know, buying medication because the paranoid were all out there thinking that th we're all going to run out, we're all going to die, like this is it. And Lou surprisingly actually said yes, the U.S. government and the watchdogs for UAP studies were actually watching how humanity was treating each other and we failed we failed big time on the way we were treating because you know the media did a terrible job at at uh, promoting the fact that we were running out of supplies yeah. that we were running out of everything guess what bananas don't stop growing Apples don't stop growing because of COVID. And when you go into the spring and summer, there's going to be strawberries that are still there. There's going to be blueberries. There's going to be canola oil. There's going to be all sorts of meat that is piling up because there's going to be more cattle and there's going to be more hogs. Okay. But it was the way we treated each other that really, from what I'm learning, I've learned, put a fear into many in the in the intelligence agency because we were so immature on how we were acting. Now, you fast forward this to a subject that's going to affect 7.75 billion people on this planet. From the people who live in the jungles of the Amazon to the concrete jungles of Tokyo. It's going everywhere, okay? And nobody's going to be able to get away from it when that Pandora's box opens. And they have a right to be scared. They have a right to be, uh, you know, like, like uh, Marquise was saying, there could be mass suicides. They're worried about that. They're worried about the crash of the economy. They're worried about the fundamentalists. They're worried about the, the, the people who suffer from depression and anxiety and say, well, the aliens are here. And I've had this hit list sitting on my desk for the last 20 years from the kid who bullied me in math class in grade nine to my boss today. Let's just go get this done. It doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. they are concerned about that. That is the one of the implications about UFOs and and disclosure that nobody thinks about. Yeah, very well said. So with everything that we've again, we're more confused than ever on the topic. And I think that's healthy. It keeps our brains working and ticking. What do we what have we heard for what's coming down the pipe for next year for 2023? I'll start with Jason. What are you thinking or hoping at least is going to happen beginning, middle, end of next year. What do you think's in store for us for 2023? Well, I'd like that report to come out uh, <laughs> first and foremost. I mean, we've been waiting on that since what, uh, October and October 31st was supposed to be the deadline. We still haven't received it. So that report would be nice. Um, I just hope that we don't slide backwards. I think that we've done so much progress uh, on the subject and we've all seen the interest from people, you know, reaching out like, watch Jess and uh, Dave's, you know, shows, and you just see the interaction with their guests, like, and it's like nonstop, like people are paying attention to this, they they like the phenomenon. 
I hope that that momentum keeps going. I hope that, you know, maybe a better sighting takes place. Like, you know, I keep thinking about the Phoenix lights. If that was to happen today with the cameras that we have, it'd be irrefutable proof at that point. And, you know, we'd be able to, to have an honest conversation with our government. The problem is uh, we don't have that, not yet. But I hope that good data comes out. I hope maybe hearing from the Air Force would be nice. But first and foremost would be that report. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. What do you think, Dave? 2023, what can we expect? Well, I, I think we're going to get much the same. And we're going to get much of the same rhetoric that we are going to get. I, I don't see a point right now, you know, not to sound pessimistic or Mr. Negative, but I don't see a point right now, guys, where there is going to be absolutely anything that that forwards this topic that we care so much about. I mean, we know the the minute the U.S. Navy stated that they want nothing to do with this subject, you're not getting any more videos. OK, there is a real fight for power between elected officials and the military industrial complex. Now, I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out. It could be very ugly. It could be very silent that we don't even hear a thing about it. But I don't see this topic growing uh, as much as it should. Uh, you know, the, I think we're going to get more backlash from, from mainstream media because they're going to realize that uh, they've never wanted to cover this topic anyways, and they're going to put it back in the closet as quickly as they can. And, you know, I just don't see anything good unless something big comes out. And I right now trying to figure out what that big thing is. We don't know. Maybe it's Roswell again. Maybe we need to start right back at Roswell and 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 start focusing there rather than the 2004. Because remember, guys, even though Marquise is an experiencer, I'm an experiencer. You guys have seen UFOs. We mean nothing because we're not a pilot in the military and we're not a pilot in commercial airlines. Therefore, those are the only experiencers that mean anything. We all mean squat to the cause and it's not healthy for what we're doing. Yeah. What do you think, Jess? 2023, what are you hopeful is going to come? Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I, I feel like Dave on that, I don't think a lot's going to change. I think, I, I mean, just looking socially at the interest in it and watching UFO Twitter overall, it looks like there's less people getting, I mean, in my perspective, it looks like a lot of people are shifting towards a more skeptical point of view. A lot of people that I know who have even been around for 10 plus years studying this phenomenon have left, have left this field. And to me, that meant something to see my friend, you know, who's been around researching this nuts and bolts. She left. And just that meant a lot to me to say, like, well, not much is happening. Is anything big going to happen unless something big happens like Dave says, unless we get the damn, you know, UFO on the White House lawn or some unrefutable something, something, because even myself, I am not an experiencer. I'm going to be honest about that. I have seen lights in the sky, but I have not had an experiencer. So for me, I would like to still see something, but there's no evidence. We're just having stories. They're just stories right now. And so unless something big happens, I don't, I don't know. I kind of seeing it kind of go back because, you know, UFOs, it goes in cycles, right? There's a lot of interest. Then it dies down and then something happens and it comes back and you get all these people who are super excited and super stoked about it. And they're like, oh, my God, have you seen this case or this case? And then this new group comes and then they get burnt out and then the new group comes, you know, and then there's the folks that have stayed around for years. So is it going to change? I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like with stocks, right? If you look at the one year for this year, the graph would be up and then starting to trend down. But we're hoping it's a 10 year where those little ups and downs are invisible and it's just a gradual increase. So even if we take a step back, I mean, it's still better. 40 years ago, if you told people that there'd be Tic Tac videos and Pentagon acknowledgements, they would say you're nuts. That would be disclosure for them. And uh, we'll uh, we'll finalize off with uh, Marquis. What are you expecting or hoping for uh, for 2023? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I, I think that disclosure is more of a movement than it is an event. Like people, I don't think there's going to be a one single thing that that is definitively this is it for humanity. I think there has been, there's going to be, and there has been a, an amalgamation of things that will be eventually so overwhelming that people just can't deny it unless they, again, they just don't want to know. Um, in 2001, you had Stephen Greer, who brought all those expert witnesses that were willing to put their DD-214s up for up in front of and, and testify in front of Congress. 
um, under oath about their experiences, not just with UAP and the government and the military's involvement with it, but alien contact, contact with non-human intelligences. And they were willing to risk their entire life, freedom, to tell to talk about this. Ex-military, you know, pilots and, and reporters and all kinds of people, people within private aerospace industry and military contractors. Stephen Greer brought them to the National Press Club in 2001. And then again in 2005, whenever he brought them in front of ex-members of Congress. Disclosure for me has already happened. I'm not waiting for disclosure. It's already happened. There, we already know, again, unless you're ignoring the data, we already know that there is a non-human intelligence interacting with humanity right now. However, looking forward, you know, I think that the legislation that Louis Elizondo is trying to put into place with to the Stars Academy and their their work with to you know TTSA, or now it's just to the Stars. Um, I think that their work, along with what you know Gary Nolan is doing and other scientists, the UAPX, um, you know, people that are working together with scientists that are now analyzing their own data, I think that is what's going to really be the definitive. Um, you know, moment when their data comes out and their information comes out, that's what's going to give us disclosure. Officially, I don't think we're ever going to get it unless it benefits the government, the U.S. government specifically. Yeah, well said, for sure. So with that, everybody, uh, we just want to thank you all for uh, being part of our friendship circle, for supporting us. Thank you, Dave and Jess and Marquise. Always uh, positive and encouraging. We love giving you guys the same back. Uh, Jason and I have basically become best friends this year. So on a personal <laughs> level, as well as professional level, it's been a great 2022. Life is the way it is. There's ups and downs. Uh, but if we don't keep churning and putting that effort forward, it's not going to get any better. And uh, we need us. Uh, the community needs us. And the people tell us that they need us and love us. So a uh, big thanks again, Dave Scott, Space Dot Radio, Jess Rogie from the Jess Rogie Show, and Marquise Williams from Dimensions of Reality. And thank you to all of our viewers, and uh, we'll see you in 2023.